Life, an inside job where we explore how we might make our inner lives more nourishing places. And in this episode, I explore anxiety with anxiety and trauma coach Trisha Murray. It was just so sweet meeting Trisha at last, as we, we've known each other through social media for, for years now, but we never actually met. Okay, well, this wasn't really meeting in real life, it was on Zoom, but have you ever met someone and you feel like an old friend already? And that's how it was on our Zoom. I love this conversation. And anxiety is so pertinent now, whether it's a constant low-grade charge of an endless to-do list or a completely debilitating disorder. It's everywhere. And between March the 20th and March the 30th, 2020, so that's um, last year, half, just under half the people in the UK reported high anxiety. Okay, so that was in the middle of the pandemic, but that's still 25 million people. So with 12 years of supporting and mentoring and coaching mums, as well as co-founding a perinatal mental health charity, Trisha totally knows her stuff. Okay, so full disclosure, neither of us have had a map here. So we may or may not make much sense. But I'm curious to know from, from Tricia, if women are anxious in a particular way, or if we're, are women more anxious than men, Tricia? <laughs> I mean, I think both, I think both men and women are both, both experience anxiety. You know, any gender can experience anxiety. But I do think specifically that I think the things that women get anxious about are completely different to men. You know, I watched my husband, you know, getting anxious about, you know, big things that are happening at work, big projects, big clients, big things. And I compare that to all the things that my clients get anxious about. And it's the same reaction. It's the same line awake at night. It's the same reaction but it's over like the everyday stuff like have they got all their stuff prepared for their kids you know have you know are they on top of things like like their house is a mess like what what do zones will think about them what you know what are, you know has their friend fallen out with them you know it's it's about it's I think it's the the you know having a big project on at work or having a big change happening in your life would be a time to get anxious but actually getting anxious about the, the everyday things that we get anxious about um you know our kids behavior our kids doing well enough our you know my husband my husband never like really 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 ever worries about those things but it's the way that we do it's the things that we get anxious about I think are very 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 different to what men get anxious about and I think it's often how we're conditioned you know we're conditioned to be that perfect mum you know we're conditioned to to be that stereotypical um you know that that mother archetype that that's what we are conditioned to be so when we don't fit into that mold that we think we should be fitting into it makes us feel very uncomfortable very uncomfortable yeah it's so strong and even if 
even though we know that archetype is an archetype and it's not ever achievable, there's always this kind of, I know, I mean, I have to confess here, I don't have it. <laughs> I'm like slapdash mum. I am slapdash mum in many ways. And I really don't give a shit about a lot of stuff <laughs> that my kids get up to. But I think I pick and choose what I think is important and the things that I think are important I invest in. Absolutely. Um, so I'm not, I'm, I don't think that I'm typical. But what I do hear very often is there's a massive amount of guilt. Oh, totally. about not getting it right about not being there about not getting it right about not providing enough and like sort of almost um um almost to the point that it's unspecified yeah absolutely not enough not enough not enough yeah or feel guilty about you know working working too much or um not being there enough or not putting your kids to bed or not i, I mean it's just like or through homeschool homeschooling like you know we all had to do that through um lockdown and um I'd love to know how many men like lay week lay a week at night wondering um what they were going to write to teach next skin day you know compared to women and I think it's that type of stuff I think is is really 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 unhelpful and mm. um, I think being that slapdash mum is exactly what we should all be, aspire to be because actually these mm. things aren't important actually it's not important um, you know those things aren't important the things that are important is actually as you sort of say is 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 um the things that are that, that where your values are wherever your yeah. values are um based and it's there that we need to um create that fo that focus yeah so I, I'm curious because I, I carry a you know a particular kind of anxiety and I'll, I'll say more about that later but what is normal how, no, no, not that question. No, that's not what I want to know. What I want to know is how do you define it? Yeah, so if, what, what is, no, I do, it is kind of that question actually. What is a, a normal unanxious person like? And then how do you, how do you know if you're anxious or if it's just humanness? Such a good question because I remember my hairdresser, um, I had put like a post up talking about anxiety and talking about my own postnatal anxiety. So um, I actually didn't realise until um, I was in my 30s I'd actually had anxiety like my whole life. And it was when I was running a group for perinatal mental health. Um, I was running, I, I run a charity and I was sitting there running this group and these women were talking about their anxiety. And I was like, what do you mean like your anxiety? I was like, what, like, what is that? like what is like your anxiety and they were talking about it and I was like oh my god I was like I've literally had that like um I've literally had or experienced that my whole like my whole life like I, I can remember as a teenager listening to radio talk shows during the night because I couldn't sleep mm. you know I remember you know it wasn't just like normal like it wasn't just like I think like the normal sort of worries about exams or that it it was like it was so acute acute and it'd been like you know I was like that the whole I think of my life worried about what other people thought about me worried about what other people um felt about me how, how other people perceived me and um, I can remember when I first became a mum you know and I um, so my story is that I went through um, four years of infertility and then I eventually had a set of twins for IVF and then um, a year later 
I fell pregnant spontaneously so I ended up with like three children under two and um <laughs> and I was telling one of my clients last night last night Tuesday night I was telling one of my clients and she was saying like is it normal to normal to feel like this and I was just chatting about my own experience and I was saying like I can remember like we moved into this house which is a total wreck of a house and I was like seven months pregnant I had like 20 month old twins and I was like pulling out built-in furniture I was like painting stuff because I was so desperate for the perfect house when I went in to give birth my son was two weeks late I thought he'd be two weeks early for various reasons when I went to give birth I had no kitchen because I'd planned to get a new kitchen put in when I got home from the hospital so um, so I had no kit like I had no kitchen because what wasn't important to me was like me and my family and all that I was so obsessed with like the perfect house and the perfect world that it overrid all the things that were actually important. And I think that that's a really good example in terms of like anxiety, I think is when actually there's no sense in your decisions. Like there was no sense in any of that. We could have lived in this house absolutely fine with that kitchen for a year or two years. But anybody tries to come in with that sense solution and you just cannot see it because you're so highly strung. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember with my twins, like my twins, one of my friends came in around for dinner and um and I had um so my youngest was like six six weeks old I had twins that were just coming up for two and I was like hand making pasta so my mum's my Italian and I was like hand making pasta for my friends to come around making this like huge elaborate dinner and they just looked at me like I was absolutely mental and that's exactly what it was I I had anxiety like I was so desperate to to present the world like what an amazing job I was doing but actually inwardly completely and utterly lying awake at night thinking about all like what was going to feed my feed my friends for dinner (laughs) what would everybody think about me you know and I think it's like for me that's where I think the difference is with somebody that's normal you know, now, like, my house is like a tip. My front garden, I've not been out gardening it for a year. There's like weeds that are like three metres out from the edge of like the things. Um, you know, I haven't, like there's litter in my front garden. There's It's just like absolutely awful. And actually, I don't give a shit. I'm like, do I go to the beach and have fun with my kids or do I garden? <laughs> do I go to the beach and have fun with my kids or do I do the gardening? And it's that that's the difference so I, I don't know what you what what's your thoughts on that what are your like in oh, terms of what's normal I don't know <laughs> that's why I'm asking you <laughs> mm-hmm. what, what is normal I, I, hearing you speak what I'm thinking about is how the experience of anxiety dissociates us from our body mm-hmm. you know? When, when we are highly strong and acting in those sorts of irrational ways because we want to be, <laughs> we want to achieve some kind of ideal, we're kind of focused out there, you know? Our attention is, I should be like that rather than where am I now? 
and that just that really that real dissociation from the, the feelings of tension and the feelings of fear of you know whatever the core you know we all have our own core issues about self-worth and fear and not being enough and blah, 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 all that <laughs> all that old garbage all of that um but it's much easier to focus on having the perfect house or um having being seen in your career or whatever well, it is yeah. than actually feeling the fear yeah, absolutely. You know, and just that constant striving, but striving not not something that actually is nourishing, but striving to that like that. It's external. It's that external thing. But I mean, there's all sorts of you know anxiety. But I think it's that kind of like obsessive. It's it's obviously it's in the spectrum of like OCD, but it's that like obsessive compulsive need to achieve things at yeah. whatever cost you know mm-hmm. and I work with people you know with different anxieties um, you know and whether it's like health anxiety or whether it's general anxiety but it's that obsessive thought pattern okay. that you must like that you need you need to keep checking you need to keep moving you need to keep doing the things okay. and it's it's I think it's that the, the inability to rationalize or have any sort of like logical thinking or as you sort of see like just not giving a shit and I don't know why when my friends came around I couldn't have a ask them for dinner if they could bring dinner around or b just like ordered in like a takeaway <laughs> or like done something else mm. but I felt mm. so like ashamed or judged or, and they obviously weren't doing that that was me doing that to myself so mm-hmm. I think that it's it's that bit there you know yeah. and it's it's the same with um you know when you're when you're a new mum like I was obsessed with like how I gave birth obsessed with like breastfeed I had two cesareans <laughs> obsessed with like how I like breastfeed my babies obsessed with like you know how I was like clothing them you know cloth napping you know baby led feeding I was obsessed with all these things and trying to get everything right it was the basis of a great career <laughs> I just, but, but the obsession was actually really 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 un, unhelp really unhelpful in lots of other ways because um because and I think when you come down to it it's that fear of rejection that you're not going to fit in with that community that you're so mm. desperate to fit in with so mm. I think I think it is really oh yeah so I'm reading oh god I'm I'm not gonna remember her name oh I can oh if only my eyes were good enough <laughs> I could read the book <laughs> I'm gonna go and get the book hang on and I'll tell you the book hang on say. <laughs> I told you it'd be rough and ready. <laughs> okay. So this is um, Sabine, Sabina Selassie, and it's called You Belong. I'll show, show you because we're on Zoom. Oh, uh-huh. Very, very good. And it's about our need to belong, simply. And how much of our unhelpful behaviour is derived from either trying to <laughs> trying to or denying or feeling that we're not belonging and all that kind of stuff and you know the title says it all you belong yeah 
But if you think about it, like anxiety comes down to you, you know, it's a survival mechanism, isn't it? So it's, it's, mm, it's tell me about that. How does that work? Well, if you think about anxiety, it's like it's <clears throat> you know, it's there to keep you alive, isn't it? Now a lot of the time, like it's not really functioning that way. So like anxiety really is your superhero because it is really here to keep you alive and keep you well and keep you surviving. But the way that it functions in our current world is absolutely ridiculous. You know, me not making, um, like me not getting a takeaway, it will have no impact on my survival. But yet the anxiety was like an over overdrive around it. But a lot of it can come down to that fear of being excommunicated and I don't I've not read that book so I'm not very sure exactly what she's written in that book but a lot of it can be down to that primitive drive that we want to be part of a community and we want to stay safe within a community and if we hadn't if we had been excommunicated like in our sort of cave person days then we would have died we would have absolutely died because by tigers by a tiger or we'd have died by famine or we would um, have died from an illness and nobody could have looked after us or we could have been picked off by another tribe mm. so actually our need to be part of that community and, and i think communities would get up to about 100 to 150 and then the community couldn't hold you any longer because it got too big so what would happen would be that a part like part of that community would you know you'd be excommunicated you know they had you know they couldn't keep growing communities any mm. bigger than that so actually you didn't want to be those people that that were cast okay. off the edges um you know that would that would potentially kill you so actually our whole need is that is that need to be part of that kind of community mm-hmm. and as humans the other thing that we really need is we need we need regulation from other other humans so we can't regulate ourselves very well it takes us it takes us a really long time to learn how to regulate ourselves really well so we need other people to remind us that we're safe and that everything's okay so uh, here we are in our favorite one of the inside jobs favorite excuse me kicking the table (laughs) one of our favorite topics polyvagal theory oh yeah absolutely yeah absolutely so and and that is all about regulation nervous Mm. system regulation and core you know co-regulation and being regulated particularly through times of stress and it's partly why the last 18 months or two years has been so difficult for us because Mm. there's been nobody to say like you're going to be okay like you're safe, like you're going to be okay because everybody's looking at each other going, oh my God, what the fuck's that? What the fuck is happening? Mm. Like, like, you know, so we're all living in uncertainty, so, which is why so many of us have responded to the last 18 months, two years with, with our sort of, our, uh, it's a collective trauma because nobody has been able to regulate anybody else because we've all been, absolutely shitting ourselves about what's going to happen to us mm. so, um so co-regulation is really important yeah oh my goodness so for people who are starting to recognize that who maybe they already know that they have obsessive and un, unwelcome or intrusive thoughts or a feeling compulsive behavior apart from phone checking and email checking and social media checking which is entirely normalized mm-hmm. <laughs> should we exclude that <laughs> or shall we exclude that or is that is that in there what about what about phone use well phone use, 
phone use is that sort of self-regulation isn't it it is like a, it's like that sort of self-soothing thing um it's a sort of self doesn't, doesn't work <laughs> mine's broken can you can you but fix it for same, me please you know, food like we all go to food to regulate ourselves yeah. so we, you think about when, when do you go to your phone like I don't know when do you go to your phone when I any kind of discomfort <laughs> Any kind of discomfort, right? Yeah. You go to your phone, right? Mm-hmm. And any kind of discomfort, you go to food or you go to like wine or you'd hit something. So, mm-hmm. so I think, like, you know, you know, it's quite interesting because if I, like, you know, I can go online and I can see people who I interact with and I can see that everybody is online between the hours of like 5 pm and 6 pm because we all fucking hate dinner time. <laughs> so, everybody is online between five and six because mm-hmm. everybody hates dinner time they think oh my god what are we going to eat for dinner shit 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 <laughs> what are we gonna have? yeah I, that, that's exactly what i do i what wander around the kitchen going no food there's no food oh, i can make that oh no they hate that i can make that oh no oh just just see what so and so yeah totally so and it's it's fine like it's fine we feel like lonely when we feel bored when we feel like um when the kids are doing our heads in um you know when you um and when the kids are doing your head in when you are um stressed when like you're in the middle of lockdown you know that's like when everybody goes onto their phone because it is like a soothing strategy so a bit like alcohol a bit like food bit like online shopping bit like sex all these things that that like distract us that's what we do when we when we feel really overwhelmed as a way to soothe ourselves but yeah absolutely none of these strategies really we know we know that wine doesn't help us it doesn't stop us drinking wine so um you know we know that tea and coffee don't help us doesn't stop us drinking tea and coffee we still drink tea and coffee and our phones are exactly the same so it wasn't that wasn't the avenue that I meant to go down but I think I think it's worth saying that there's a sort of that that the our phone use is part of this sort of kind of low-grade demonstration of feeling that we don't belong as well. It's part of the picture. You know, if it was in a Venn diagram, it would be kind of, it would be there, I think. But it's really interesting because if you think about it and think like, like you know, I've followed you and I think I've been faithful with you for like years. I can't remember exactly what date that happened. Mm-hmm. But, you know, think about it. And we've all got like hundreds of followers, like hundreds of people that we interact with. Like I knew what had happened like, with your house, like Housegate. Like I knew all of that. But like this is the first time we've ever actually spoken. Yeah. And, you know, so we go on for those kind of communities, but they're not really our communities. Like they're not mm-hmm. like... It's not the same as you know. We actually communes, <laughs> communes. Back. I think we had like actual communes. Um, Do you think we can only cope with one hundred and fifty people, like and like we, our Stone Age ancestors? Any more, we start to we start to have to cast them I'm out. I'm really curious about that. I'm really curious about that number and what like what did that like? I don't know enough about it. I'm not an anthropologist. Mm. Okay, well, anthropologists, people out there, we need to know. Educators, yeah, <laughs> save us from our ignorance. So I think that's really interesting, like whether that would be like the most number of people that we could really deal with. So, and you know, our phones, I think, make us even more anxious because then you suddenly see what so and so is having for dinner and you think, oh my God, we're like, <laughs> we're like having pasta yet again. So, I'm, I'm digital I'm doing digital detoxing at the moment so I'm really um mindful of all that stuff anyway 
I'm, I, I'm determined to ask the question and I keep trying to ask and then I keep getting distracted and going off in little, little eddies elsewhere, which is for somebody who feels that they have intrusive thoughts or compulsive behaviour, what is their next step if they're, if they're wanting to change the way that they are in their lives? Um, I, think, I think there's lots of different steps people can take I think the first thing is actually and you you spoke about it earlier you know in terms of like polyvagal theory but I think that kind of like nervous system regulation is like a really important part of it you know and I sort of we sort of joked earlier about not having naps today but actually I don't think we do really rest enough and I don't really think we decompress enough like I sort of talk about like decompression time and like the importance of that and I know when I decompress each and every day and I make a really big focus on it actually my anxiety is really reduced because actually I don't give a shit when you've had like a 20 minute nap you don't wake up you know you wake up in a completely different place um so I think actually making that time and really building in like helpful habits um around that often people who have who are experiencing anxiety can really struggle with that because they can feel that they're too busy got too much to do to, to achieve so with those people like I would not like the way that I sort of think about it is you somebody who says like I really want to be like calm and I want to be like patient and I want to like I want to like this is like who I want to be you know that's one of the first questions I ask somebody so like if like have we worked together what would tell you that the work together that we had done together was successful and they'd say well I was like I'd be like really calm and like things would just like flow over me I wouldn't really care like I'd be able to like handle stressful situations I would be like in the moment with my kids is like the top probably the top one and um, I'd feel like myself again which is which I think is really curious because actually most people who've got anxiety have had anxiety their whole life so I'm always really curious about that one um but, you know, these are the sort of things I say, well, what is, like, you're asking them about their day and they're, like, rushing around and they're, like, doing all this stuff. And actually all of that stuff, it's a bit like, if you think about it, like a snow globe and you think about, you know, like your nervous system's like a snow globe. And actually the more that you do, so you get up in the morning, you're on your phone, you're, like, running around trying to make breakfast, um, you're, like, drinking tea, you're eating, like, crap food, you know, and I'm not making any judgments because I'm a mum to four kids, like, <laughs> there's some days you have to just get through, so I'm not sitting here in any way sort of judging any decisions people make about their lifestyle choices, but I'm just chatting about, like, what's happening. Every time we're doing these sort of things, we're really jangling that nervous system, so we're reading the news, we're getting angry about Brexit, we are, um, we are, um, you know, feeling like, uh, you know, we're, um, you know, there's things happening in the news, there's things happening in social media, there is uh, the WhatsApp group, there's something else you've forgotten that day at school, you've forgotten to hand your two pounds in for fun day, you've forgotten to do that, you know, whatever it is that we've tried to do. So like our nervous systems are getting jangled all the time. And we're experiencing that all the way throughout the day, like all the way throughout the day, you know, we're at work, we're busy, we've got job, you know, we're working, interacting with people and that snow globe each and every every day is getting more and more and more rattled and so it's about thinking through the day right what can I do to support my nerve like support that snow globe 
to settle. And so starting off with like, rather than saying somebody will maybe like try and like have like what I do, and I think you're possibly a napper too, like a 20 minute, 40 minute nap during the day is actually supporting them to have like two minute mindful moments every couple of hours to light, light that snow settle in the snow globe. So that's probably the first thing I would suggest doing with somebody. And then the second thing is to start thinking about, the second thing to start thinking about would be starting to think about like those thoughts that are going round and round and round in your brain. Like, why are they there? Like, what is that part of you scared of is gonna happen? And you know, I worked with a client just now and you know, I was asking her this and all I kept hearing was different like catastrophic events that would happen with her child. And actually when we really came down to the bottom of it, it wasn't the catastrophic events that were actually, she was worried about. She was really worried about that, that she, she was failing as, as a mum. It wasn't actually the catastrophic events, it was actually the real deep belief that she was failing. So starting to get really clear on those things as well. Like, what is it? Like, like why is this such an awful thing that would happen? So starting to take control of those thoughts and really get really curious about those thoughts, really curious. When you say take control of those thoughts, what do you mean? Uh, maybe control is not necessarily the right word, but be able to manage those thoughts manage those thoughts or be able to work with those thoughts mm. so be able to get really curious about why they might be there so really curious about like why am I thinking that way I'm really curious like why I have this thought this thing is going to happen and then starting to think about all these catastrophic things that your brain is telling you is going to happen well like We've all got like 30, 40, 50 plus years of managing horrific things that have happened in all of our lives. We've all managed hardship. All of us have managed things that have happened. So actually then starting to get really clear about your evidence for actually coping with far worse things than, than what would happen with that catastrophic thing that you have imagined would happen. Okay. So you think you think about your actual lived life and say, well, I survived this event or that event and I use these strategies or that strategies and so I can cope I, with worse. So I could cope. Okay. I can cope with worse than this. <laughs> Might have been hard, but I coped and I got through it. Mm. So actually, because often anxiety is Christine Podaski's got a really good um she talks about the anxiety equation and how anxiety is the overestimation of um, the danger and then our underestimation of our ability to cope with whatever that danger might be. Okay. That's, that's so interesting. Yeah. So if we can start to rationalise the danger and get really clear about that and then increase our... Um, increase our... Um, it's a feeling of isn't it? We can cope in whatever scenario, mm. then it helps anxiety to reduce. Mm. 
because I'm, I'm I'm quite good in a crisis. I'm I'm really I'm like oh right yeah okay. <laughs> this 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 horrific thing has happened. Oh right yeah, call the police. <laughs> plod plod. I'm actually weirdly okay with that. Everybody is actually weirdly. So oh, everybody oh, is. Oh, I thought I was so special. No, you're not Trisha. special. You're I'm not special. special. So basically, when bad things happen in our lives, we actually go into like survival like mode and we just get on with it. It's the fear of the bad thing happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What I'm not so good with is is non-specific anxiety, which I am plagued by. Okay. <laughs> in the background my brain is not reliable you see so my brain will make it about I don't know at night I can I can be awake and anxious and being anxious about I mean just like really inconsequential things it's, it's like the anxiety kind of gets its little claws <laughs> It's a little animal, like a little squirrel. So it gets its claws into something and worries. How it. would you normally manage that then? Um, what do I do? What do I do? I breathe, actually, is what I do. Mm-hmm. And then what? I breathe and then I do body rotations and then I use an audio track for Nidra and then I give up and I listen to um, podcasts. So it's quite a long cognitive process isn't it? So one of the things that can be really helpful is what often can happen with anxiety is we can try and like mask it because we're just like just need to get on with it so we try and breathe over it or we try and meditate in the hope that it'll disappear and um, but actually it doesn't work. (laughs) work. Those strategies don't work and actually it's why like I think like I think meditation looking after your nervous system is really important really important work never ever not say that's important but it's why actually things like um it's why I don't think like meditation is like the, the key place to go when you're anxious because actually often we try and meditate when you're anxious or you do yoga nidra the anxiety quite often will get louder and louder and louder until actually like there's no point in even listening that's just a total waste of like an hour of your time trying to do all of that so it can be really helpful to start um to start getting really curious about that anxiety so getting really curious about like so I'm really curious like why is this feeling here because sometimes you know why you're anxious like Mm got a big presentation at work I'm talking to Kate today <laughs> you know there's like things that come on <laughs> there's things that might make you anxious but sometimes like we don't really know why it's there mm. we've just got this feeling in our like stomach or like a feeling in our chest and we feel a bit panicked and we don't really understand why but there's generally always a reason why that's there mm. So then starting to starting to get really clear about it. So starting to, I'm really curious, like I'm really curious, like what this feeling of anxiety is about. Mm. And then starting, if you don't really know, like why, starting to say, oh, I want to just because I'm worried about like um, all things got to do tomorrow. I'm worried if it's got to, because I'm worried about money. I'm worried about my relationship. I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about, and just starting to do like a sort of like a line of quite, and honestly, the moment you get it, your body be like oh right okay. <laughs> okay she's listening she's like 
sorry, to listen to me. Right. Oh, like you're something to do with like the kids or something to do with money or wh whatever the, whenever you start to feel the relief. So I'm really curious about this. I'm really curious about what's going on here. I'm really curious, like what, what's this feeling? What's my body trying to tell me? And just kind of have that kind of like curious inquiry all the time about why that's feeling there. And and then become become like, oh, I'm really curious, like tomorrow I've got too much to do. And if I don't do it all, that something will happen. And then become like, and that will mean what? What will that mean? Mm. If I don't get everything done, what will that mean? And go down that kind of like that will mean that will mean like I'll disappoint <laughs> disappoint my kids because <laughs> probably enlighten my kids but not enlighten and delight my kids because they'll have pizza again for dinner because <laughs> I won't have time time to make them dinner. So, but actually, that might then mean that I feel like a failure, failure like a mum because I haven't made homemade pasta. So. It's getting down to that, like, so what will that mean? Mm. What will that mean? And then going down there and then using that anxiety equation, like, to mm. start getting much more rational. But there's always a reason why it's there. So it's just spending the time listening. And actually, when you start, when the part of you that gets anxious feels heard, it will relax. Okay. But it's, listen, it's listening, and that's the thing that we don't often allow ourselves to do I think that's really really important and really key that we hear that or rather that part of ourselves feels heard yeah and, and, val they, and valued and then they don't have to they don't have to keep so much. Mm. yeah so the moment it feels validated so it's like oh right, totally get why that's making me feel anxious totally understand mm. and it's a bit like it's a bit like doing lots of noisy children if you try and like mask it with like meditation or something else like the noisy children just get even more noisy and even more annoying whereas if you're just like right kids like what is it <laughs> like what's going on if you had a shit date school follow <laughs> your pals <laughs> like what's going on and then they tell you and then it's like all right okay <laughs> That's fine, right? Off you go. It's 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 a much easier way to work with anxiety than doing something else. Yeah. So we have in in your progression, well it wasn't exactly a progression, but in different different avenues. The first thing was decompression mm -hmm. with your snow globe to let the snow settle with little yeah. mindful moments or as much resting as you can totally manage. Yeah. Think about what is that what does that calm person do? <laughs> like what does like what happens? as if that's my favorite game. What does what does she what have? What Margaret App would do. <laughs> but it is it's people such like Greta. <laughs> totally. But it is like it's like that anxious like thousand person. Like mm. what does she do? She runs about all day like Whereas, like, what does that calm person do? Well, she just, like, yeah. makes time for herself and, like, reads a book and has a cup of tea. And, mm. you know, she, she's just, she doesn't sit on social media comparing herself to everybody else, you know. Mm. 
know, so really thinking about that, embodying that calm person. So decompressing, but also embodying that. Embodying the calm person. Calm person. And really hearing the anxious part. Yeah. And getting, oh, it was, yeah, it's something that comes up a lot in these um, podcasts is curiosity, this, this attitude of friendly curiosity, compassionate curiosity. Compassionate curiosity, yeah, or yeah. curious inquiry in a mm. kind of compassionate and kind way. Yeah. Was that it? Was that, was that, were those the two, the two main things? The coping. coping. Oh, yes, the coping, that's right. We're getting really clear about, like, what is the risk of this thing actually happening? Mm. And then knowing that you've coped with far worse and you're yeah, like yeah like far worse you know or if you've not coped with far worse somebody has coped with far worse mm. you know um you know there's you know sometimes like people have got you know uh like, like you know worked with a client who had like a fear of like her you know somebody you know one of her relations dying and like we've all kind of got those fears and they can all make us feel anxious but actually the truth is so many of us have lost relations or lost other people and actually it's been difficult but they've coped and they've got through it so looking at the evidence from other people as well and realizing Mm -hmm. that that you know that just because that thing happens doesn't mean it's not going to be hard and that you're going to grieve so it's not negating those feelings but it's actually saying actually that you can't cope and you will get through it yeah. so really that coping mechanism as well mm. thank you oh and the, the the anxiety equation can you say the name of the author again please? you're christine Padeski. christine oh. christine Padeski. Uh, i will I will hunt her down and put her in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you. So I can't believe how quickly the time has gone, actually. It's, our, our hour is nearly up. Um, could you give us your best tip for a happy inside life, please, Tricia? Happy inside life? Oh, um, do the happy do more of what makes you happy like I start thinking about I start thinking about like oh maybe for some people gardening is much more important but I like I think everything started to change for me when I started to to make different decisions about my life and really think like like well three hours in the garden served me or like three hours like at the beach served me so making decisions about making more of the decisions about things that actually serve my soul make me happy doing much you know focusing much much more on those things and it could be that's around everything so it's about decisions I think it's Mm -hmm. the decisions about what you do with your time like spending time with people like do those people make me feel good about myself do I want to do that or actually (laughs) would I be better just going to the beach on my own (laughs) so it's um you know, so I think it's about decisions about what you what you making positive decisions about what you do with your time, and that is an ongoing inquiry, isn't it? I mean, it's it's applicable to practically every moment of the day. I mean, even when you even when you have to do something, you know, there's a task that is you have to do. We still get to choose how we do it. Oh, totally, totally, yeah. So I think for me, a lot I think can really. Th- 
you know, really getting very, very, very clear about what it is that you're deciding and what it is that you're doing with your time. Because mm. um, your time is valuable, you know. And, you know, I prefer, you know, I think a lot of us can feel anxious because maybe our lives don't fit in the way that we expect. You know, we think we have to have lots of friends and lots of people and do this and do that and, you know, whatever the perfect formula for life is. But actually, it's okay to actually make decisions that actually serve you, even though they don't serve anybody else <laughs> at times. <laughs> Not yeah. all. Them, most of the time yeah where we can mm-hmm. where yeah we can. and uh how if people want to know more about your services and i know that you have some fabulous free downloads uh audios for people to use yeah i'm so sure they're not masking <laughs> i've got a number of um free downloads i've got a number of like free math classes and um oh, wow. and and workbooks people can do if they head to my website, which is super simple, which is Trisha, spelled with a C, trishamurray.co.uk. Fantastic. I shall be heading over there later to go and get my hands on the, get my hands on your goodies. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Trisha, for coming and for chatting with me. It's been really helpful and really real delight to meet. Well, almost in person in zoom in zoomy person thanks if you want to get in touch with trisha you'll find her at trishamurray.co.uk that's t-r-i-c-i-a-m-u-r-r-a-y.co.uk and she has some brilliant master classes and workbooks and stuff some fabulous resources that you can download for free to help with anxiety, with burnout, with overwhelm and all that kind of stuff. And the full link to take you directly there to the right page is in the show notes on my website. And I'd love to hear your response to the issues that we've talked about. You can find me on Instagram at Kate underscore Codrington. And I'd love to see you there. And if you've enjoyed this episode, it would be great if you felt able to share it with a friend who is anxious and needs help and if you really enjoyed it you might leave a review and that would just be just be fabulous too and don't forget to join me very soon for another exciting voyage into the inside world of the magic of midlife see you then